peculiar time of the year when it's to know where you are and why you have been kidnapped. Well, the bridge of Sai. The guys who works here went psycho. Welcome to October by May. The short stories of Edward T. May. Presented by James Allen May. First off, I want to thank the New Jersey Web Fest for our inclusion in last week's festivities. It was a shame not to be able to attend in person, as it looks like it was a blast. Congratulations to all the participants, nominees, and winners. Nothing like a little friendly competition. Mitchell and his buddies are about to have a little competition of their own. With Halloween almost upon them, they want to see who among them is the best at scaring the life out of the other boys. Unfortunately, the school weirdo Patrick wants in on the contest too. And while all of the boys want to win, Patrick is willing to do anything to not lose. The Contest Mitchell circled the lot again and again, searching diligently for a parking space near the door of the nursing home. Damn it! Cursing softly when he found no slots available, he abandoned his quest and settled for a place on the street. He didn't relish the idea of walking any great distance in the chilly drizzle. His right front tire kissed the curb before settling into the leaf choke gutter. He glanced at the house on the opposite side of the street. Three jack-o'-lanterns burned brightly on the sheltered porch, silent invitations to passing children. Stop here for a trick-or-treat, they seemed to mouth. My annual pilgrimage, Mitchell thought as he turned his attention to the nursing home. I really should try to make it here more often, but it's really tough having a look at him. The way he just lays in bed and stares at the far wall. I wish I knew whether or not he hears me. Whether he even knows I'm there. His attention was drawn back to the house with the three jack-o'-lanterns as a group of four children marched up the front walk. A ghost, a witch, a mummy, and a vampire, he said out loud. Good old-fashioned costumes, I like it. His thoughts returned, as they always did on Halloween, to an October fifteen years in the past. We need to do something different this year, Kenny announced. Something other than just trick-or-treating. What's wrong with trick-or-treating? Randy wanted to know. In a few years, we'll be too big for it. Then we can do something different. I didn't say we shouldn't go trick-or-treating at all, Kenny corrected, placing his face inches away from Randy. But we should do something else besides. Like what? Mitchell asked. I don't know. Something scary, though. It's supposed to be scary on Halloween, isn't it? Kenny demanded from no one in particular. Yeah. We haven't been scared since that time those teenagers stole our candy and then said they'd beat us up if we told anyone, Richie reminded them. Ashamed at the memory of the painful episode, they remained silent. Oh, no. Look who's coming, Kenny said, pointing down the street. The heads of the other three boys swiveled following Kenny's outstretched arm. It's Patrick, Richie noted. Nobody talk to him. Maybe he'll leave, Kenny commanded. Come on, Kenny. He's not such a bad guy, Mitchell said in Patrick's defense. 
He's just a little, I don't know, different, I guess. Yeah, what have you got against Patrick anyway? Randy asked, his chin in the air. I don't like dorks, Kenny explained as Patrick coasted to a stop. I'll admit, he's awful goofy, Randy added as Richie laughed at Kenny's comment. Hi, guys, Patrick said cheerily, unaware the laughter was at his expense. Richie, Randy, and Mitchell returned the greeting, while Kenny said nothing. What are you guys doing? Patrick inquired. We're trying to think of something scary to do for Halloween, Mitchell told him, earning a glare from Kenny. Hey, I know what we could do, Randy exclaimed. We could build a haunted house. Yeah, that's a great idea, Richie agreed. Whose house can we build it at? Mitchell asked. My parents would probably let us build it at my house, Randy suggested. Maybe we could even sell tickets and make some money, Mitchell said excitedly. But that's not scary, Kenny insisted. Don't you guys understand anything? If we build a haunted house, then we'll know all the surprises in it and it won't be scary for us. The others fell silent. Well, maybe we could take turns building one, Richie said. That way we would be scared by everybody's haunted house, but our own. Yeah, we could each build one in our own house, Randy agreed. Can I build one too? Patrick asked, hopefully. Kenny rolled his eyes. Yeah, why not, Mitchell assured Patrick. I've got an even better idea, Kenny said. Why don't we each take turns building one in a real haunted house? We'll use that empty house on Oak Street, the one that nobody's lived in for about a million years. We'll start five nights before Halloween. That way each of us will get one whole day to build his house. They all readily agreed to Kenny's idea. Let's make it a contest, Mitchell suggested. Whoever makes the scariest house wins. How do we decide which one is the scariest? Richie asked innocently. We each vote for our favorite haunted house, Mitchell explained patiently. But what if there's a tie? Richie persisted. What if everyone just votes for their own house? Kenny brushed aside the concern. Once you've seen my house, you won't worry about a tie. My house will scare the teeth right out of your head. Let's draw straws to see who goes first. Randy said as he gathered up five twigs and broke them into varying lengths. The short stick goes first, the next shortest goes second, and so on, the longest stick goes last. Randy held the sticks in his hand in such a way that only the very tops showed. Each boy, in turn, selected one. It looks like Mitchell goes first, then Kenny, then me, then Patrick, then Richie, Randy noted. The boys were enthusiastic about the project and tried their hardest to create a scary house but nobody was able to fabricate truly frightening scenarios. Essentially, each boy utilized the same basic props with varying degrees of success. Old sheets, masks, rubber spiders, and enormous quantities of catsup became the stock-in-trade of the contestants. By and large, the houses seemed to elicit more laughs than screams. Kenny's house, in particular, was pilloried by his peers as really lame, although Randy and Mitchell fared little better with their efforts. When it came time for Patrick's house, none of the boys expected much. In order to add spice to the proceedings, Kenny formulated a typically Kenny idea. He would go to the house early and conceal himself in a position where he could observe everything. He would then wait until the other boys arrived and began their tour. Then, at an appropriate moment, he would sneak up on Patrick and give him the scare of his life. The other boys weren't enthusiastic about the idea, but they knew Kenny would do it regardless of their objections, so they sent him on his way. 
After enduring three haunted houses, the boys were fast becoming experts at detecting hidden wires acting as trigger mechanisms. Thus, Randy, Richie, and Mitchell ascended the steps of Patrick's haunted house cautiously, scanning the area near the door for surprises. You guys see anything? Mitchell asked. Looks clear, Randy responded. Mitchell nodded, turned the knob, and stepped inside as he pushed the door inward. A theatrical screech from the rusted hinges greeted them. As per their previous agreement, a single candle placed in a dish on the floor lit the interior. No other light was permitted. The boys entered slowly, inspecting the area above the entrance, behind the door, and the floor immediately in front of them as they did so. In short, shuffling steps, they proceeded towards the candle. The sound of the front door slamming shut startled them. Immediately, a series of loud thuds coming from outside the door resounded through the house. The noise stopped for a short time and then resumed. It became a noticeable pattern. Six to eight loud thuds with an ensuing silence lasting a few seconds at most. The silence broken once again by six to eight loud thuds. Startled at first, the boys soon grew accustomed to the noise and began to joke about it. Ooh, that's really scary, Richie said sarcastically. Yeah, Randy agreed. Did you think that up all by yourself or did you get some help? The pounding ceased abruptly. Unspoken taunts died on lips. The boys tensed, listening for further developments. They heard footsteps moving quickly from the front of the house around to the rear. The kitchen door opened and closed. The pounding commenced again, this time from inside the house. The boys relaxed. Not again! Mitchell shouted scornfully. Dude, that is so lame! Randy yelled. Can't you think of anything better? (laughs) The boys hooted and laughed. The pattern of thuds and pauses continued, apparently unconcerned with the mockery being heaped upon it by the boys. Can you believe this? Randy said, turning to Mitchell. Like I'm really going to vote for this. Randy noticed the smile on Mitchell's face slowly fading as the pattern of thuds sparked a memory. What's wrong, Mitch? Randy asked. I don't think he's making the noise to scare us, Mitchell answered as he turned and walked towards the front door. I think he's hammering. Mitchell gripped the knob and pulled the door inward. A piece of plywood covering the entire entrance had been nailed securely in place. Mitchell tested it, gently at first with probing fingertips, then more forcefully with palms and fists. The barrier remained immovable. The pounding at the rear of the house stopped. The boys heard footsteps mounting the stairs to the second floor. The house possessed a peculiar architecture. It was arranged in such a way that the landing between the first and second floors commanded a view of the entire front half of the house's interior. A figure appeared on the landing. Sorry, guys, but I'm taking this seriously, Patrick said ominously. As you can see, there's no way out for you. I blocked the back door the same way. I'm not going to dress up in a costume and jump out at you. I don't have fake spider webs and I don't have fake blood. What I do have is a real bow with real arrows. Randy, Richie, and Mitchell said nothing, unsure of how to deal with this unexpected development. Do you really think I don't know how everyone makes fun of me? Patrick continued. I know people laugh at me because I can't run or jump or do anything like that. 
If I get picked to be on a team, I'm always picked last. I never win at anything. But this time it's going to be different. I'll win this contest. Mitchell licked dry lips and nervously cleared his throat. <clears> throat> hey, we're sorry about kids making fun of you, he said in an attempt to placate Patrick. Patrick ignored the appeal. You're probably hoping I'm not a very good shot, Patrick said. Watch the jack-o'-lantern lying on the floor across the room. Three heads turned to look in the designated location as an arrow neatly skewered the pumpkin to the wood flooring. He's serious, Richie whispered in a tone hinting of hysteria. I'm going to win this contest. I'm going to win. If it kills you, Patrick assured them. But how can you win if you kill us? Mitchell tried to reason. We can't vote for you if you kill us. I know you guys. I know what you'll do if I let you go, Patrick said. You'll tell me now you'll vote for me. But then when you're out of here, you'll say you weren't really scared. I know you guys. The only way to get your vote is to show you I'm serious. Do you know what that means? Oh, oh, oh no. Richie began whimpering. (laughs) What about Kenny? Mitchell asked. What about him? Patrick said scornfully. He's not here, and... And you won't be able to, to to get his vote, Mitchell stuttered. I don't need his vote, Patrick assured him. I vote for myself, and two of you will vote for me after. After what? Randy asked. After the other one dies, Patrick said. Richie sat on the floor. He tucked his head between drawn-up knees and made pitiful, puppyish squeaks. Kenny! Randy screamed in desperation. Kenny, where the heck are you? Kenny, come down here and kick this guy's butt! Kenny! You want Kenny? Patrick asked calmly. You really want Kenny? Why didn't you say so? A flashlight snapped on, the beam creasing the darkness at the base of the stairwell and illuminating a small body lying there. Mitchell and Randy blanched as they saw the shaft of an arrow protruding from the crumpled form. How about that? Patrick said mockingly. He's been here all along. I guess you're right about one thing. I won't get Kenny's vote. Both Mitchell and Randy began crying. Their tortured voices issued forth from dry mouths. Come on, Patrick! You won the contest, we swear! Now let us go! Mitchell pleaded. We haven't done anything to you. We let you play with us sometimes, and we let you into the contest, didn't we? Please let us out of here! Randy croaked. In an instant, the room seemed to erupt in laughter. Mitchell and Randy watched the proceedings in dumb fascination. Kenny, noisily laughing, stood and removed the arrow he tucked under his armpit. Patrick leaned over the railing of the landing and joined in the mirth. You guys should see yourselves. You're pathetic. Kenny managed to say between peals of laughter. You mean, you planned this whole thing? Randy asked. It was supposed to be like this? I came here tonight to hide upstairs, just like we planned, but Patrick was already here. Kenny confessed. He told me what he had in mind and offered me two dollars if I would be a part of it. I probably wouldn't have done it if you guys hadn't given me such a hard time about my haunted house. (laughs) Kenny abruptly stopped laughing and pointed at Richie. What's wrong with Richie? 
The rest of the boys turned and looked. Richie was curled into a little ball and made a moaning sound as he rocked back and forth. Mitchell stirred from his reverie. Reluctantly, he left the comfort of his car and jogged through the drizzle. He entered the nursing home and shook the water from his coat. He stepped over to the front desk. A middle-aged woman in a nurse's uniform carefully examined a calendar while speaking on the telephone. Next Tuesday would be fine, she assured the caller. Yes, we'll see you then. Goodbye. Mitchell waited patiently as she wrote down the appointment. May I help you? She asked, her head still bowed over the appointment book. Yes, is Richard Carver still in room 105? The receptionist consulted a floor plan. Yes, Mr. Carver is in room 105. Thank you, Mitchell said as he turned and walked down the short hallway to Richie's room. He stepped through the doorway and was shocked to find an empty bed. Ready to retrace his steps and inform the receptionist of the situation, Mitchell noticed someone lying on the floor on the far side of the bed. Richie must have fallen off the side, he thought. I hope he's okay. As Mitchell made his way to the other side of the bed, he could see the figure on the floor wore a uniform, the type worn by employees of the nursing home. The room went black. Mitchell turned. A silhouette barred the doorway, one hand on the light switch. Thanks for coming, Mitch, the person whispered in a scratchy voice, as if his vocal cords had lain dormant for many years. Richie? Mitchell said in astonishment. You finally snapped out of it. That's great. I I always hoped you would, buddy. Then, remembering the person on the floor, Mitchell continued. Hey, Richie, can you turn on that light? There's a guy over here on the floor must have passed out or something and hit his head. The room remained dark as Mitchell knelt beside the prone figure. Richie? Richie, still outlined by the stingy light filtering in from the hallway, maintained his silence. Richie? Can you hit the lights, please? Mitchell said uneasily as he searched in vain for a pulse on the wrist of the prone employee. Mitchell found no pulse, but he found something else. Something warm, wet, and dark pooling on the floor. All light was extinguished as the door closed. Mitchell heard something, like static on a radio. They were words, a hoarse whisper, feeling its way through the darkness. It's my turn. What? Mitchell managed to say, through a throat constricted with fear. Never got my turn. The contest. It's my turn. Once again, I'm James Allen May, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of October by May. October by May is a bi-weekly podcast, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single sojourn into October. Please leave us a rating and review, as well as any comments or replies that you may have for us. Also visit us at OctoberByMay.com for more info, as well as links to the books by Edward T. May. The Contest by Edward T. May Recitation and Audio Design by James Allen May Theme by Hassan Nazari Rabadi